And I only found out today, right? Did you know that soap operas are called soap operas? Because you did know this, right? <laughs> I only heard this recently as so well. So they though. used to be sponsored by soap companies yes. and that's why. So yes. it's like the original sponsored content. Yes. Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr and I am delighted to welcome our guest to studio today. It is TV presenter, columnist, all-round Wonder Woman, Anna Daly. But before we talk to Anna, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. I'm just going to do this until... I know exactly where it is, so I'm not entirely sure. So subscribe to our YouTube channel um, so that you can watch all of the podcasts as well. So Anna, you're very welcome to the show. Good morning. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. It is lovely to have you here. This is different, isn't it? It's a little bit different, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's cosy. I like it. Do you like it? I, it must be very different from you because there's nobody else in the room with us. No, um, which is a bit disconcerting, I suppose, isn't it? Because I'm used to bodies moving yeah. around in front of me yeah. as we talk on air, but... This is different. Yeah, it's really nice. Thanks it. for having me. No, of course. So we're going to start the same way we start every show with our game. So it's called Six Words or Less and it's for our subscribers and our readers of Her.ie and Her Family and our viewers now as well who may not know who you are. So you have to describe yourself in six words or less. Six words. Okay. Mm. <clears throat> I'll, I'll move out of work mode for a moment okay. because you instantly go TV presenter. But mm. actually what's more important than, than work is my role in life, which mm. is mum, because I'm the mum of three little boys. So I'm going to go mum, wife, daughter, sister, friend, presenter. I like that. I like that you put yeah. presenter last. Listen, career is very important to me, yeah. but in the grand scheme of things, in the picture of your life, yeah. I think you have to kind of get your priorities right. It's interesting because a lot of the people, men and women that we've had on the show, would instantly kind of use the six words or less to just talk about their work and their careers and stuff. Although the name of the show kind of, you know, that's, yes. that's the business that we're in. But it's nice to kind of talk about the other aspects, which I do want to talk to you about. So you've kind of described yourself <clears throat> as a self-professed accidental presenter. Mm. So how did that happen? How did you become an accidental TV presenter? How does that work? I'm thinking um, that's kind of the dream for everybody who wants to be a presenter. For yeah, it, it, it probably is in that you don't try too hard. Mm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with trying hard, by the way, and mm. being tenacious. But um, what happened for me is, is a very kind of, um, I know this is a very cliched word, but it was a very organic process in that I wasn't one of those children who was sitting at home performing for my parents or right. reading the news or, you know, you often hear from presenters mm. that they, they were doing this from a very young age and entertaining their family and their friends at Christmas and all the kind of thing. I never wanted any of that, never did any of that. So I, I didn't have any kind of grow to become someone on the telly. Um, it just didn't enter my radar at all, actually. But I left school, uh, like most people didn't know what to do. Someone said marketing is a great course to do. I did marketing. Um, my career started in Bank of Ireland. I didn't love it. It was very, very corporate. Mm -hmm. um, then I moved into radio and then into, into TV3 at the time, mm. pre-Virgin Media, obviously. Um, and I was very much a sales role, but they knew I wanted to work in marketing. So um, I did the sales gig for a while and then I, I was moved into the marketing department. And my career was very much kind of on track in terms of someone who'd studied marketing, wanted to work in marketing, got to work in marketing, then got promoted to marketing manager. So I suppose the career trajectory was all on course. Right, there was a path. It was all very mm. smooth and it was all working out quite well. 
But as the marketing manager of a TV channel, you do get to interact with a lot of different people in a lot of different departments. Yeah. Um, and you start realizing, oh my God, we're actually making TV down the corridor here. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like being the marketing manager of, of uh, you know, a fast food brand or yeah, of a clothing right. brand. You're it's actually, entertainment. It's entertainment. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I started, to, it started to dawn on me. And I had a, a chat with one of our producers um, in those meetings about um, working on the telly. And she said, would you ever do it? Or would you like to screen test at some point? Mm. And instantly, um, I kind of felt that was a bit notionsy to, to want to screen test so I, I was like oh god no that wouldn't be for me like yeah and I told my my boyfriend at the time who's now my husband and, and he kind of reminded me that I'm very quick to shoot things down mm. that are outside my comfort zone you know or I was at that stage of my life yeah and he was the one who said why wouldn't you so it kind of got me thinking I suppose you know yeah. he, his point was in 20 years time you could look back and go Jesus why did I not give that a chance. Yeah. So that's when I went off to do the broadcasting course and, and it went from there, I suppose. Wow, okay. And do you remember the screen test firstly? And do you remember the way that you felt? Were you, although of course at this point you had studied broadcast, so you, you definitely I, knew I a little bit more. I did this night course. Right, okay. Um, it's the Bill Keating course in uh, Milltown. I think it's still there. Yeah. Um, and it was very clever the way it was broken up into presenting, directing, producing. So you got to see, you know, TV from different perspectives. Yeah. And actually, I realized, first of all, I was interested in, in all three areas. Mm. It wasn't just like put me on camera. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, I found the whole thing really, really engaging. It was in my own time after work with my own money. No one needed to know about it. This was my own little project. And I found, unlike doing any night course, I was sitting in the car driving there feeling really excited about it. And yeah. I thought that was the first sign that actually this is something I genuinely enjoy. Yeah, you know? so this so might be the right I think way. that gave me the confidence to go mm. back and do the screen tests. And then, because you, you do live TV, right? And I mean, that's another beast unto itself as opposed to, you know, documentaries or, or things like this that are pre-recorded. Um, so do you remember your first live broadcast? And Because I remember, I used to work in radio, so I yeah. have, my parents actually have a tape of my very first, I think it was a weather bulletin that I did way back when. And like, you can literally hear my voice shaking. Yes. It's so, but it's really nice to have that kind of first live broadcast that I ever did. And yes. the sound, I think I got the weather wrong as well. Like it was just, <laughs> it did not, it was not raining or something absurd like that. Um, but do you remember the first moment that you kind of went live on TV and, and do, what that yeah. was like? I do, and it was a weather report as well. So oh, obviously no. that's a starting they point just for a lot of the weather. I was like, I'm very, I would be literally more qualified to talk about anything than the I weather. Know, yeah. I know, um, Yeah, it was a weather report on Ireland AM and I was in the garden and they threw out to me and I do remember in the seconds before I went on air thinking, what? Am I doing? <laughs> Just before, yeah. yeah. Is there time to run away? Is there time to run away? Definitely panic going on in my head. And I think I was doing that whole be graceful on, you know, on, on top and scrambling underneath. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it wasn't my finest moment on air. I haven't watched it back, actually. I'd Have be you afraid not? to. You should. I'd be really afraid to, but hopefully I've um, I've improved since then. I always used to think with the Ireland AM weather reports out in the garden, I always used to think, isn't that terribly mean that they put them out in the garden? People used to text. Or, I'm At sure this still hour do. of the morning.
happening in Ireland. In. Yeah. And when I was pregnant out in the garden and I'd <laughs> moved on from weather reports and yeah. I was doing all sorts of features in the garden, you mm. know, because I was the reporter for a few years on Ireland AM before the, before they let me into the studio. Yeah. And just imagine you'd outside. have your coat and your hat and you, you'd be really well kitted out for yeah. the weather. Uh, but once I was pregnant, people would text in saying things like, please let her in just or her that's inside. so mean. Or you I know. think it's something that as a viewer, it's a disconnect between the outside garden and then the lovely warm studio. But that's an all TV show. I always just think. And then, of course, there's been a few weather reporters who've been outside and then the things exactly. are coming flying. But and you know what? There's like nothing that. quicker to endear you to a viewer yeah. than withstanding the elements or your hat blowing off. Exactly. Or, yeah. Know, people I always, actually like you. Absolutely. And I think when sometimes when things go wrong, it's much better in yeah. terms of like, well, anyway, and radio, anyway, whenever I messed up, everybody loved it. Like, so yeah. it wasn't something I And you're human and people, yeah, people exactly. are, you know, glad to realise that. Exactly. You can't be perfect all the time because no. then you're a robot. But was there a moment, because going into something like Ireland AM, which at the time was TV3 and correct me if I'm wrong now, but mm -hmm. was, was on air, is continuing, like it's over 16 years or something Yeah, I think like it's that. 20 years old next year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So obviously a very well-established and a show that obviously connects with people if it can continue for that long. Mm -hmm. Did you feel a certain amount of pressure? Did you feel like people were being like, what is this one doing? I was very aware that this is a machine. Yeah. This is a juggernaut of a show. It's three hours of live telly every yeah. day. And, you know, people would, would see Ireland AM as their comfy slippers. Uh, I know Mark Cagney described it as that before. And it's, it's something familiar. It's mm. something warm. There's a sense that you know those people, you know the the, you know the values that they 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 hold. Um, you know a lot about them, so yeah. there's that kind of affection for it. And I was very aware of that. And right. you hope that you're going to fit in, and you hope that people won't hate you. Yeah. Uh, and all those normal emotions, I suppose. And so, when you were a reporter um, with Ireland AM, was there a moment that you remember that was kind of like the you know the way Oprah talks about the aha moment of being like, oh shit, maybe I am really good at this. Like maybe this is the career because you know the way like not just as women but as men sometimes there are doubts that we have or like that when you're starting off in a brand new industry yes and not when you're 18 19 when you're like a little bit older that you're like did I make the right decision was there a moment that you remember going I'm in the right place and this is exactly where I'm supposed to be yeah there was a lot of moments like that where I thought to myself I made the right decision yeah like this doesn't feel like work to me yeah and I think that's a really important um, feeling to get from something that you do yeah. as a job you know that this can go on for a long time and I'll really enjoy it. Mm. Um, and then there's the places you end up in, you know? And if you wanted, I suppose I often thought about that and looking at other friends that have normal nine to five jobs and, and very structured lives, yeah. then I would say television and media isn't for you mm -hmm. because it's, it's last minute, it's kind of moment to moment. Um, you know, like the day before I was in Monaco interviewing Lionel Richie, I get a phone call saying, can you go in the morning? You've been flown over by private jet to interview Lionel Richie. It's the most bizarre feeling. Well, you know, we're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I'm actually a fan of Lionel Richie. My <laughs> mum was a fan, yeah. massive fan. So like yeah. there's moments like that where you go, oh, that's kind of cool, isn't yeah. it? You know, and it's moments like that where I thought I'm so glad my husband is someone that pushes himself and me out of our comfort zones yeah. because I would be much safer, you know. 
So, like, speaking slightly about the, the structure of life now. Yeah. So, obviously, you are the Weekend AM presenter yeah. um, for Virgin Media. So, And you've been doing that now for over three years, is that right? Yeah, we just celebrated our three, our third birthday Congratulations. on Weekend AM. Thank you. Mm. And uh, to be honest with you, and this is another tip, I suppose, for anyone watching who's thinking about their career on mm. telly and, and progressing it. I was on a show where um, Sinead Desmond was the anchor. Yeah. I very much wanted to progress. Mm -hmm. Sinead is playing a blinder. Um, she wasn't going anywhere and mm. I wanted to be an anchor. Yeah. So, you know, and I don't want that to sound like ruthlessly ambitious, but I was ambitious. Yeah. Um, so I was looking for a vehicle where yeah. I could be the anchor. And uh, I pitched the weekend idea. I actually picked, pitched a Saturday morning show. Wow, just so one. So Saturday AM. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can we do Ireland AM on a Saturday morning was my question. And I put, a, you know, a pitch together. Yeah. And I presented, presented it to the bosses at the time. And they loved the idea and they were all for it. But their point was that weekend TV is very expensive. Yeah. And they couldn't justify the costs associated with it at the time. Right. So it was about a year later when they phoned me and said, can you come in for a chat about that weekend show? And I said, yeah. And I, I went in and I, I never forget thinking, be careful what you wish for. They told me they're looking to do Saturday morning and Sunday morning. Wow. Thinking, whoa, I didn't really plan on that. Yeah. But obviously you're an ambitious person. You're not going to turn it down and of go, course. well, I'll just take half of yeah. that, you know. Mm. Um, but I do think it's, you know, we managed to create that. So if there isn't that opportunity, what I would say to people is create something different. Wow, I never knew that. So you weren't kind of... Because a lot of the times, and I remember when I started off in media, always being afraid because you're told, and I like to think that everybody is told this, but you're, you're frequently told that there's usually 10, 15, maybe 20 people that are literally behind you waiting, waiting. to have the gig that you have. Yes. So, you know, be very grateful for what you have. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously when you get to a certain point, you can start knowing your own worth and pushing past that. But at the beginning of my career, I remember always feeling like there was 20 people behind me. So as opposed to sitting back and kind of waiting for that anchor role, you saw in the market that perhaps there was an opportunity to create something new. Mm -hmm. I suppose it's about that ambition. Yeah, and I don't want I don't want it to sound like it was th it was that easy. You mm. know, it was there was probably four or five other pitches that I put in that went nowhere. Yeah. Or they would have said, "We hate that. That's never going to work. That's too expensive. That's not us. That doesn't represent the brand." But I love that and I love bosses who will tell you, yeah. thanks for your idea, but it's not going to work. Yeah. Rather than kind of hanging on to something, not not being sure whether it's right or wrong. Or yeah. I just love bosses who can be definitive with you. Absolutely. You know, and appreciate the, the ideas and yeah. all that. And I think any boss is appreciative of, of, of an ideas person. Yeah. But to let you know where you stand is, is so great. Absolutely. You know? So let's talk about the actual show now that you work on so it's live Saturday and Sunday so what amount of time then throughout the week I'm so interested in this kind of stuff and sorry if people don't find this interesting I find it so interesting so how many days then do you have to work in the run up to it do you guys have meetings where you all yeah, sit down where when, you, when you work on a weekend yeah. show and people only see you in vision on the telly twice a week they assume you work twice a week do people think that you've got the whole week absolutely yeah. so you only work two days a week yeah. I wish yeah. um, I Work Thursday to Sunday, so okay. that's my working week. So mm -hmm. I negotiated a four-day week rather than a five-day week, which is what I was on yeah. when we launched the new show. Um, and that's another thing I think it's a good tip. Renegotiate your terms when things are changing because mm. it's a great time to shake things up a little bit. And, Definitely. you know, having a third child, it seriously helps to 
go from a five-day week to a four-day week. Um, so Thursday to Sunday, Thursday and Friday, I'll be in with the team talking about the show, talking about ideas, sometimes out filming stuff, yeah. um, pre-recorded stuff that's slotted into the show as VTs uh, and sometimes editing those VTs. Yeah. So it just depends. But there's certainly two days in the run-up to the weekend um, that I work. And, I mean, and then Monday to Wednesday, I'm mammy at home with the kids, That's which is actually the hardest part. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, because obviously you've got three young boys. Yeah. And, I mean, I think sometimes it sucks being a woman because you're always asked that, like, balance between work and family. And I actually don't think men are asked that question that often. So it's not that I don't like asking that question, but I do find it a little bit like, well, it's fine, the same as everybody else. Like, everybody has their work weeks, you know, but... Is it hard? Because obviously the weekends is a time when a lot of families spend yeah. together. Is that something that I'm you... I'm very aware. And yeah. I suppose after three years of doing the show um, and seeing it reach a really successful point and smash all the ratings targets and all that, you do start to go, God, weekends are at a premium. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, so it's working for us right now. Mm -hmm. I think it works for us because my husband is very hands-on. Um, he works like any other husband all week in a full-time job um, and he's he has the kids on Saturday and Sunday mornings and as the kids get a little bit older they have more on right. so it's not like you, they're just hanging out at home you know yeah. they're swimming and rugby and soccer and all the things that he has to meanwhile taking the baby with them yeah. to, to facilitate the other two guys so it's pretty hectic mm. um, but I think you know, in broadcasting and in television, it's not like there is that nine to five gig. No. So you can look at another show and go, that would work perfectly for me. But actually, I wouldn't be at the school gates Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to yeah. drop and collect my kids, you know. So um, is there the perfect working week when you're a mother? Probably not, mm. you know, but right now it, it works for us. And hopefully we don't get the balance right every week. But hopefully when you look at a picture of the, the year mm. uh, as a whole, hopefully you strike some balance between family and work. Yeah, and I think in media as well, like it's rare that people kind of stick in one job for, you know, like I know it happens, um, people like Gay Byrne and stuff who did the same thing for however yeah. many years. But, you know, there is a lot of movement in our industry and there is change. And I think like that, it's about looking at what's right for you at right now as mm -hmm. opposed to, well, this is the absolute finishing goal because it seems to me like obviously you are an ambitious person and I'm presuming that you have other things that you want to do as well. Yeah, of course. And I think it's a great time, actually, because up until the last few years, there was TV3, RTE, mm. and that was kind of it. Yeah. Now there's presenters going off to do so many different things, you know, and with, with digital, the whole world has changed. Yeah, absolutely. The whole landscape of media has changed. Um, so I think we're in a really interesting time where... People will end up, people on the telly will end up doing so many different things. And it might not be that regular show on the telly every week. Yeah. You know, it might be the podcast or um, something on a social media platform or Instagram TV or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So but many opportunities. I, I, I do think there's a lot of opportunities and it's a great time for anyone in media in general. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned digital. I want to talk about that a little bit. But we're going mm. to take a quick break now. Our beauty editor at Her.ie, Rebecca O'Keefe, is finally back. She's been off gallivanting in the States for God knows how long and she's been abso she? absolutely dossing. I'll tell you one thing. Um, so she's, <laughs> I got her to come back in and we're going to talk about, in my opinion, the absolute worst night of the year, which is the Christmas office party. So we'll be back with Anna Daly in a few minutes. Woohoo! <laughs> 
Rebecca. Eve. You're back. I'm back. You have literally been off dossing for how long now? How long? How long? I was on about 15 holidays, not to toot my own horn. But beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. That's what you get when you don't have to pay a mortgage, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> I love how you manage to get that in. Every time. No matter what, yeah. So, so you've been off on your hollybops. Yeah. And now you're back back until I go away again tomorrow. And I wanted to bring you in to talk about something that I just think is really important and really crucial to talk about, and that is the office Christmas party. So by the time this is actually going out... <laughs> we'll all be hungover. We, our Christmas party will have come and gone. And also for anybody who's watching on the Her Daddy YouTube, I'm aware that I'm wearing different clothes <laughs> that I was wearing 30 seconds ago. Um, it's a magic trick. I just wanted a change for you, yeah. so that's what happened. Um, but yeah, so office Christmas party, ours is happening very soon, and I just think that it's one of the most terrifying times of the year because there's something about losing control in front of your work colleagues that just makes everything a little bit scarier. Yeah, I mean, in my, genuinely now, right, an office Christmas party is my idea of fucking hell on earth. Are you serious? Yeah, I just... I mean, I like the people I work with. Great. And it's not, not even Good just... Good to know. Now, I haven't had a work party in this job yet, so maybe okay. my life will be changed forever. But they're always just kind of underwhelming. Well, then... And you're yeah. watching your P's and Q's. You either go, like, re one way where you're, like, like, sloshed on the floor telling your boss what you think of them, or you're sitting in the corner nursing fucking Diet Coke. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, we actually ran a piece on her.ie and it was it was about Christmas office parties and the headline reads, six versions of yourself that you turn into at a work Christmas party. And I just thought we would go through these really quickly and just, I want to know what version you are. So there's okay. the truth bomb you. So this is something about the combination of alcohol and people you spend nine hours with every day. It's triggered your truth bomb mode. So this person isolates every single person at the party and tells them that they deserve better than this bloody company. I already know that's me. Um, in my previous jobs, that was me. And they're like, I see the doodles you draw on your notebooks there. You're exceptional and you need to be seen. Can I just say this is Kira Knight's work? Of course. Of course it's like, Kira Knight's like work. It's like planning a coup level. Like grab yeah. everyone individually and let's, let's all talk about quitting. And just tell them how amazing they are. Yeah, like you should be pursuing your dream. Yeah, it definitely seems like the dream is never what you're doing at the moment. No. It's always like a little bit bigger. Or a, little a little bit, bit far-fetched. Or a little bit bolder. Mm. And the alcohol is just the reason. Like you would never oh. talk to Brian in finance about, you know, your Do future aspect. No, finance? I'm making up all <laughs> okay, these names. Like, Shit, I don't know him. For the record, nothing that we're saying here is to do with us and or our company. No. And we love our work. And um, <laughs> we're not going to do any of this. So the other one is destructive you. So you're your own worst enemy when this wagon turns up. She insists on drinking everything in sight and then coming dangerously close to losing you your job. So she'll kiss a co-worker that's engaged. She'll tell the boss that he's a dope. She'll even point out Karen from Accounts Mustache for all to see. <laughs> and he's whack. Saying Karen. That's not me, but I know a few of them, I think. So this is the person who literally will just come and start like being the really office party rude. tornado. Yeah. And just aggressive. It's yeah. just like the alcohol or whatever it is just doesn't yeah. work well in their body. And That's just... the person though who wakes up the next morning and is like sweet 
Jesus, I need to quit. Yeah, socially awkward you They'll then. They'll be gone by February. Socially awkward you then is then the person who um, just doesn't talk to anybody and they oh. doesn't really like have that many friends and then there's social butterfly you and that's, you know, you're circulating. All of a sudden you're office queen. Oh my God, you're talking to everybody. Brian in accounts. Brian in accounts <laughs> is your new best friend. But then the next day you're completely Strangers back. Strangers again. Oh, you're just back to normal. of no, just like never speaking me. to them. The motivated you then is just like talking the shop all the time. So you're just talking about how incredible Snore. the next quarter is going to be and how amazing you're going to be. Um, and then there's sober you. And then that's the person who just literally decides to stick to the Diet Coke because of the fact that they do not want all of their hard work to be ruined yeah, on I'm, this one night. I'm definitely number one. Do you think? In previous jobs, I've been very much like, let's rally the troops and let's all hand our notice in tomorrow and let's all become Hollywood movie stars or, I don't know, f basketball players. Why do you think the fact that it's an office Christmas party everybody goes just even a little bit crazier. It's the fact that we're it's like... nerves, I think. Really? I think when you're around, like, your actual... Not that you're not my actual mates, but you know what I mean? Rude. People you've known for years and you're like, I'm comfortable, so I don't feel like I need to overcompensate. And I don't have to keep the conversation going. Mm. So I need the extra booze because it's like the only... Do you want a drink? You mm. know, when there's a lull in the conversation, do you want a drink? Will we get a drink? Yeah. All of a sudden, you're dribbling into your pint of Guinness and it's, it's all, all hell breaks loose. It's not cute. And then there's the issue of, which I think is always, always interesting, is like pulling at your Christmas party. Oh, ki like, like kissing get, someone? Getting with, shitting where you eat, if you will. Oh yeah, like I mean you just never really should, should you? I just think it's always but you, a bad idea. Everyone always does. At the Christmas party or just, yeah, yeah. In general, I feel like it's like a, it's a thing. Everyone wakes up and they're like, oh did you hear blah blah blah, I got with blah blah blah. Yeah, but what if it's somebody that like you maybe have had a crush on and you're thinking, oh my God, the Christmas party is It's might, an opportune it might, Do you know what's so weird about this, Rebecca? Mm. By the time this goes out... It'll all have happened. We'll know Future. who hooked up with who yeah. at the office Christmas party. Do you have any like, should we just take a guess? Here and now, live. No names. Well, how do we do that then? I, know, I just think, <laughs> I think, I think you're right, I think people do. But I mean, do you not think it's the right moment to maybe tell your crush that you fancy them? Yeah, or? I have a friend and I did, I'm not going to say their name, um, but I asked, I put it into my WhatsApp group being like, you know, any, any stories. And he or she fancied um, the boss and was like, okay, opportune moment, flirted with the boss and now they're, they've been going out for a year. Wow. So at the time it was this like, I remember talking to them the next day and it was this like, kind of this scandal and it was all very like, ooh. Mm. Um, it was all very suits. Um, but now it's just so normal and it actually all made sense. But at the time it was like, you can never go back in there again. You're going to have to quit and move to Fiji. But I also, I always think it's Fiji. Fiji. It's always my go-to. It sounds good. I, I wouldn't mind it. I always think it's funny though because like you're spending nine hours a day with these people that you work with. So it actually does make sense that you might like catch some feelings. Yeah, somebody. I feel like they call that Stockholm Syndrome. Or have a crush. <laughs> I was in. There's no other option. There's literally but no to other love option. these people who yeah. are around you. Yeah. Okay. I'm just obviously looking at it with more romantic eyes than you are. Cynic. Christ alive. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then the office Christmas party comes along, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, I love you. I love you. Or Brian from Accounts just starts looking that little bit cuter. I like that shirt. Yeah. You know? And you're just a bit like, oh god, is this gonna happen? Not gonna happen for me. You committed, that, committed relationship. You're safe, Dan. Yeah, but um, I have no doubt in my mind that when this goes live next week or whenever it is, there will be people 
walking into work on one day morning, not able to look other people in the eye. Do you think? Darren Teed. Oh my God. You know, I don't think I'm going to drink at it then. I think I'm going to be the socially responsible one and just sip on my Diet Coke in the corner so that I can have full vision on what's happening around and be the person who Ooh. tells everybody. And we're rooming together. I was just gonna say, sad for me. Yeah. Although I'm working the following morning at nine o'clock. Oh, are you? Okay. So that'll be an interesting turn of events. It's a great time of year though as well, isn't it? Like the office Christmas party is fun. I mean, obviously we're, we're talking and it's a little bit of fun and crack yeah. and stuff, but it's nice. It's a time for the workers to be told, you know Workers. what, you're doing okay. Everything's It's kind grand. of, yeah, it's like a little uh, gift. Like here's our a token of appreciation. Yeah. You're not shit. We will see. Ours is a little bit more scandalous because there's a night away. There's a night away, there's a Involved. band. Okay. Um, and then obviously it's it's kind of a thing for women about what they're going to wear to the Christmas party. I couldn't give a shit about what I'm going to wear. To be honest, I, feel like I actually hate that we're so targeted. Like we're targeted enough as it is during the year. Mm. I'm going to rant about this. We're rant. targeted enough as it is during the year when it comes to fashion and it pisses me off the fact that everything now is just even more targeted what are you gonna wear? What are you with gonna wear? sparkles on it. Yeah, sparkles and velvet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I guarantee the lads don't walk around talking about what they're going to wear to the Christmas party. No, they pick something off the ground, they smell the pits and they're like, no, they'll do. Sexist of me? No, I don't think that's sexist. I, think um, I haven't given any thought as to what I'm going to wear. I don't want to buy something new. I've decided that that is a, a thing. Yeah. I was so steadfast in that, like, I know I just did a rant, but I did buy something. Oh, I know, your Boohoo package arrived yesterday. I know, so I was like, I'm not going to fucking buy into this. Like, I'm definitely not doing this. And I bought a two-piece. I know, you showed me. It's very sexy. Skirt and a crop top. Depends on how many chicken katsu curries I eat between now and then, whether I'm going to wear this or Neve not. Neve has developed, discovered, would you say, a katsu curry. Yeah, there's um, half a katsu curry in the fridge at the moment that I'm going to... Congealing. Go up and have, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's not pretty nice, gross. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you back. Thanks, it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, and I hope that future Rebecca and future Neve just behave themselves at the office Christmas party. I think I think they will. I think they will, I don't yeah. think we're, we're um, risks. No. There are definitely people who are. There's always people who I think, like, if they could say something to like sober Neve. So do you want to say something to future Rebecca at the office Christmas party and then? Say something such a, oh, you no, go no, first. No. Let's just predict something real quick before you go. Let's okay. just predict something real quick. What are we predicting? I predict that there's going to be at least four hookups at our four. office Christmas party. Yeah. Okay. At least. I predict that at least two people will cry. Oh, right. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the criers. And I hope, no, that's terrible. I was going to say, I hope there's like a full or like a real big glasses, like walking with a tray of shots, thinks they look class, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no, it'll be fun. It's my first Christmas party in this company. So. It's a good one. We, yeah. we do it well. We do it well. I believe you. It's going to be good. There's also a really funny SNL video about office Christmas parties. So you should go and watch that as well <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube. It's very funny. Um, okay, so we're going to head back over to chat to Anna Daly, but you're going to come back more often now that you're back. I am. I'm back on Irish soil. Perfect. I feel like we should hug or something. Do we hug? But... Okay, thank you. Bye now. Bye. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we are back. I just need to cover my tracks in case my boss is watching this. I love Christmas office parties and I'm so grateful for what we had this year. She doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> what I mean what I mean by this is that I feel like it's the worst night of the year because it seems to me that people take this opportunity to just destroy all the hard work that they've done for the entire year. Tell me, what is the Virgin Media 
Christmas party extravaganza like? Tell me how the other half live, I want to know. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> I think what we've done for the last few years, and it may well be very different this year because I did see an email about the Christmas party and I think it was a family one as well. Oh, so lovely. That's okay. how it's evolved, I think, oh, you know. Okay. Um, but what we would have done uh, in over the last few years is kind of team nights out or show nights out. Right. You know, so there'll be an Ireland AM and a weekend we'd normally so merge So it's not like the them. whole company type no, thing? No, there has been the whole company nights as well. Right. But I think this year it might be more family related. Well, that's which, nice. Which, to be perfectly honest with you, suits me. Yeah. Do you know, it, it probably won't suit everyone. Yeah. And it just depends... How, how old you are. Yeah, that's great. So I'm not getting any gossip from Anna Daly then about Sorry. Christmas parties. That is absolutely Sorry, fine. Useless. That's fine. So we were talking about your job a little bit and I want to ask you because you're on the other side now so I'm interviewing you and I always find it so interesting when I get to talk to people who do the same kind of job that I do because I want to know the way that your brain works when you're going. So you've interviewed like some crazy famous people like Dame Helen Mirren. Who else have you interviewed? Just give, I mean, you said Lionel we, Richie. We had Graham Norton on the show a few weeks ago. Who, oh, he um, seems lovely. Oh, he was Never just so him. cool. Yeah. And it just reminded me how the big stars are without a doubt the coolest, most laid back people without any, um, you know, fussy riders, without any... Uh, Pre-requisites, yeah. easy for me to say, um, without any demands. Yeah. You know, quite often you get some reality star from Maiden, whatever, and um, <laughs> there'll be a list of things you can't ask them about. Right, okay. And you're left going, well, what can I talk to this person about? What because is the point of the interview? Yeah. yeah, I appreciate everyone's on the couch to flog something, yeah. whether it's a book or a product or yeah. a movie. Um, you know, we're all... It, business goes on and enterprise exactly. needs to continue yeah. and I totally get that. Graeme Norton is there to, to talk about his book. Um, but in these guys' cases, it's these guys who we barely know their second name. Yeah. And they'll have an entourage of, you know, six, seven people with them. They'll have a driver. There'll be a strict schedule. There'll be don't ask this and don't mention that. And it's just, I just find that bizarre. Then you've Graeme Norton who just arrives with the publisher, who's yeah. on his way to Cork who's kind of feeling the mic up his shirt himself while he's chatting away to you about yeah. the coffee tables and, you know, and just so normal. And he's really worked hard. And I'm not saying that some reality stars haven't worked hard, but it's definitely, I'm going to sound so old now, it's definitely a new generation yeah. of celebrity that's coming from reality TV. So, you know, a lot of them haven't, well, they're very young as well. So they haven't been in the industry for 20 years like Graham Norton has been. And there's something about a reality TV star that I'm not saying I don't know it's, it's a hard one to say because I don't want to take away from the work that they're doing but at the same time you feel like maybe the demands would be more in keeping with Jennifer Lopez or exactly. a Beyonce exactly. or someone Who like that. have this. really earned their stripes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe don't I am get me saying wrong. that. Some of them are absolutely lovely yeah. but there's a little sense of entitlement with some. Yes. And um, I don't think that's I don't think that's too harsh to say. I think that they no. probably know that themselves But as if well. you talk to, like, sorry, I'm dropping names now, left, right and centre. Um, drop them. Drop them. Keep them um, dropping. Dermot O'Leary was a runner. <gasps> and he told me that, like, he learned the lingo, the terminology for everything, the who's who, who does what. Yeah. He, he got an understanding of the entire workings of a live TV show. From making coffee, from wow. doing the autocue, from doing scroll, mm. you know, so... 
And that's why when you meet someone like that, he's like, ask me anything, because he's well able to handle it. Yeah, that's you know? the thing. Because he's bright enough to handle it because he's handled it before. He knows exactly what to do. He's just consistently lovely. It doesn't matter if he's had a bad day or if he's having yeah. an off day. You won't know about that. And I think as an interviewer, you just respect that so much more oh. because they're not the only ones sitting there that are doing a job. You're doing a job as well. And yeah. like, it's hard if you're doing a job and then you walk away from it feeling stupid or feeling like you haven't done your job because you annoyed them or yeah. something like that when realistically everybody like you said business goes on you're not there to annoy anybody you were there to set it up like but in terms of big names has there been anybody that made you particularly nervous or do you get nervous before the big names or do you get more nervous talking to I don't know I don't want to say ordinary people but non-celebrities yeah and you know what ordinary people can't be underestimated yeah. because quite often if you're putting together like a best bits of the show for the whole year you know the way we would do that at Christmas time and stuff yeah. it is the ordinary people that give you the most extraordinary moments yeah. of telly yeah. and I don't think anyone can forget that you know the mother who talks about um, her sick child or um, you know there's stories and cases and I don't want to depress the audience mm. of people coming on the show and they have been through absolute horror in yeah. their lives and they are the ones that will have viewers texting in for days afterwards you know yeah. they'll stop people in their kitchen and stop them in their tracks and you'll bawl crying watching that interview and that can be much more powerful than just the celebrity in a fancy hotel in London do you know what I mean yeah. we need the glamour as well and when you've three hours of a live show you do need those kind of mood changes and that light and shade yeah. but the ordinary people give and ordinary people aren't used to telly so you have to give them extra kudos for yeah, that absolutely. normally they're doing the interview not because they have to flog anything but because they want to create awareness about something yeah or something really touched their heart and they feel if this interview makes one person pick up the phone to get help for their you know the physical abuse that they're going through or the alcoholism that they're going through or the addiction they're going through then they've made a difference so I do think those people can never be underestimated absolutely and I think it's so it's important to remember that the big names sometimes are what brings in the money, which then allows us yeah. to do the other kind of work at times. And sometimes, like, I've done a few episodes of this show, like, we did one last Christmas that was just around homelessness, and we went out onto the streets and we met people and stuff. The show bombed, to be honest with you. Like, we didn't have a huge listenership on that show. Yeah. But, like, me and the girls who worked on it were still really proud of that piece of work. Yeah. And we're still continuing to be able to make certain shows like that. So they may not be the big kind of money makers or like the big celebrities with the big chunkets. But they're and so worthy. But they're so worthy. And I, act, yeah. and I think that the feedback then that you get from those kind of slots and those kind of interviews sometimes mean a little bit more to you yeah. than like, wow, you know, your one was, was great. Was she nice or whatever? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, the balance is important, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I always find as well, when I'm interviewing people anyway, that you are trying to find out a little bit about them that people don't know about like yeah. that's what you want to go in and find out in any interview so do you have any kind of I'm just really just getting some tips now so um, <laughs> feel free give us give us some <laughs> tips and tricks when you're interviewing people just say you have 15 minutes with this A-list Hollywood celebrity everybody else that's outside in the hotel also has 15 minutes with this A-list Hollywood celebrity what do you do that's different in order to try and get out a little bit more of their personality. I think, first of all, you have to just be yourself. Yeah. Because quite often, you're trying to be professional. You're mm -hmm. trying to remember everything. Um, 
you're trying to do it all the right way or the, the way you think is the right way to mm. come across and actually you lose yourself in it. Yeah. So I think it's very important to just put your notes down yeah. and look up at the person yeah. and make eye contact. And it's almost like, let's go back to basics here. Definitely. As in like you it's know? a conversation. It's a conversation. So forget your structure and your bullet points and your scribbles on your notes on yeah. your lap. You know, obviously they are a roadmap mm -hmm. and, and they go into your head when you've written them down and there's no harm in any of that preparation. Yeah. But I think people can get sidetracked with you, you could you could get some amazing nugget of information from a star yeah and because you're nervous you're just you just straight away move on to your next question and you haven't really listened to what they've said and it's like what you said and it's it's always something that we used to do in the other studio we had I always said and the sound guys agreed with me just always record because it's usually the moments yeah. when people don't think that anything is being filmed or they don't think that they're being now GDP or we make sure that everybody knows that they're being yeah, filmed yeah. at but all it, times at all times yeah <laughs> but it is those moments that when people think that it's not happening yeah. that you become the most relaxed like which I always think is really Absolutely. interesting and really annoyingly and frustratingly, when an interview ends and mm. we, we will say, we'll see you after the break or whatever, and the person is getting demiked, they'll give you the best bit I of know. information. And yeah. you're like, why did you not say that when we were live on Oh, air? I didn't know. Sure, yeah. I was just oh, I messing around. Yeah. I forgot about that or whatever. Um, the best bit of advice um, I got from a star was uh, Helen Mirren. Yeah. And I think she's probably the best person to, to get advice from because of the stage in life that she's at. She's a mature woman mm. and she has arrived at a point where, now I appreciate she's Helen Mirren, so she, you know, she can afford to do this. Mm. Um, but she said when she looks back on her career, she wishes, she told, can I curse? Am I allowed yeah, to curse? Yeah, 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 you can curse. She says, What are you going to say? <laughs> uh, when she looks back on her career, she wishes she had said, fuck off more often. Right, yeah. Um, and that's, t I suppose, so typical of the movie industry and unrealistic yeah. demands that might have been put on her over mm. the years. And now she is, you know, wiser and more sassy than ever, I suppose. Mm. And I just think that's a great little piece of advice. Not that we should all go around telling people to, to fuck off. fuck off, yeah. But when people place unrealistic demands or when they start, you know, yeah. just taking the piss. You know, if you're booked for a job and the job is X, Y or Z, and suddenly you feel in your gut, this isn't right. They're really, you know, they're yeah. pushing their luck here. Yeah. Not that you need to use Helen's words, because I think Helen's probably the only person who's going to get away with saying with that. With saying but, the F word, But yeah. it's okay to go, do you know what? That really wasn't part of the deal. Yeah. And I mean, you know? I think like it's really interesting because we were at a business event there a few days ago for her and it's our Make a Fuss kind of um, business live shows that we're doing. And one of the speakers, Ashlyn Mahan, actually said something that really resonated with me. And it was really simple, kind of in the same sphere as fuck off, but not as extreme. But like, just don't, answer the emails straight away. And it was just something like that because yeah. we're in this world of constantly... Instant. Like instant. Firstly, we're being asked to do things instantly. And I am the absolute... I put my hands up. I'm so guilty of it. Mm -hmm. I need to respond to everyone at all times. I need to make sure that people know that I know what's going on. It's just a yeah. terrible thing that I have. And I'm trying to work on it. But, you know, when I have stepped back a little bit and not answered the email straight away, nobody dies. No, I know. Nothing bad happens. Yeah. Everything is fine. Like... A little bit of perspective, I think, sprinkled on top of what anybody is doing yeah. is really crucial. Maybe yeah. that's what Dame Marin was trying to yeah, say. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. It's just, you, you're right. Breathe. Yeah. Take it in. And take and a And if moment. you're not sure about how to reply, well, my husband has a good tip. 
type it back if you're angry and save it in your drafts. Yes. You know, never send an email when you're angry. Never send it straight away. Ooh, yeah. Because 24 hours later, you could read that email and go, mm. do you know what? I may have been a bit angry there. Yeah. Or, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tweak it to say this. Yeah. And you, as you say, you get that perspective. A little bit. Yeah. Was she lovely, was she? She was lovely. Yeah. Um, I suddenly she's felt stunning. Stunning. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. Like I want to be Helen Mirren mm. when I grow up is what she's I thought. Over 70, but her posture, she? like I, I sat there and suddenly I just felt like I needed to sit like this. Oh God, know, my mom would tell me now to, yeah. Yeah. She really made me aware of just, yeah. and there's quite a regal presence about her, yeah. you know, even the way she pronounces her words and the way she talks and yeah. just gorgeous. Just destined for stars. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Everything about her is just beautiful. It's interesting now, and I know I'm going to let you go soon, but I want to talk to you a little bit about TV. We kind of touched on before the break there about digital and how much that is kind yeah. of changing things. So even with your weekend show in the last three years, your company has gone through a massive rebrand as well. I mean, digital and TV, the landscape is just constantly changing. So what do you think the future is and it's interesting because you're from a marketing background as well mm. so you really know that advertising is kind of the crux of well it basically it's the vessel that allows us to do yeah. what we do and I only found out today right did you know that soap operas are called soap operas because you did know this, right? <laughs> I only heard this recently as so well. So they though. used to be sponsored by soap companies yes. and that's why. So yes. it's like the original sponsored content. Yes. yes. I just found that such an interesting I, I didn't of... know that for a long time, I'll be honest. I didn't I, know it either. I, I discovered that in the last year, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. But I just find it so interesting. So like from and how long there, some of them are going on 60 years yeah. or something like that. So advertising is always kind of at that at the root of, of some of what we're creating. So is that a conversation that you guys in the TV, I'm saying you guys, because obviously I work for a digital media company. Yeah. Is it something that you talk about or is it is a conversation about the changing landscape? Um, I'm sure they have a lot of conversations in corporate and in the commercial side of things. We are very aware we're working for a, a commercial broadcaster mm. and they have to be a commercial broadcaster, whether they're TV3 or Virgin Media, because yeah. we don't get a license fee. Yeah. So when you don't get the license fee, you are a commercial broadcaster because wages need to be paid from Absolutely. somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, cameras, technology, everything, rates mm. have to be paid. So someone needs to fund it. Um, and it's about getting the balance right, isn't it? Yeah. It's about giving people genuine editorial and and funding it with the commercial stuff, yeah. you know. And I, I think in every organisation, there's going to be that struggle between the editorial and the commercial. That's just the reality of it. Absolutely. Um, but I think we're very aware that the commercial stuff is important. Yeah. And the commercial team have to be accommodated in the same way the editorial team need to be respected. Yeah. Uh, and I think we, we've, we've a good balance of that. And I think you guys have a good balance of that too, actually. Yeah. We do. I mean, obviously, it's something that we try and that we focus on. But it's interesting. I wouldn't watch um, TV during the week just for whatever reason. Um, but I do watch weekend TV. I do oh, watch. That's good. I watch early morning TV. I'm working away in the kitchen, doing my breakfast, yeah. and doing my bits, and doing my washing and stuff. And I'll have the TV on there in the background. So it's funny because I think 10 years ago, it was so completely different because everybody knew that advertising and TV was, everybody knew where everybody was going to be 
in the evening times. Yes. They'd be plonked in front of their TV, you know. That's not necessarily how it's going anymore. And we're consuming it in so many different so ways. So many different we? ways. But I actually think that weekend TV is still very much something that a lot of people think about and a lot of people would just pop it on. Now, whether it's like sitting down and glued to it oh, listen, or whether it's a I, part I, I of... I don't think you can ever do a three-hour show and expect people to be glued yeah. to it, you know. Yeah. I think it has to be part of their morning. Absolutely. And it's background stuff and there's breakfast happening. And that's the way I Same always way imagine people. Same on the radio. Yeah. Exactly. You're just yeah. pottering yeah. around. And They're letting kind of... you into their kitchen or their living room or whatever, yeah. which is lovely. It's so interesting. Um, and as well, I wanted to ask you a little bit because you are writing now a yes. column for Her Family, which yes. is our sister site. So how are you finding that? You've written a couple of columns, really great ones. One about how you are best mates with all the Spice Girls. Which oh yeah, besties. Yeah, standard. yeah, yeah. Well, really it's Emma Bunton that I'm, I want to be besties with. She um, seems so nice. She's lovely, mm. yeah. Um, now, I haven't met them all. I did separate interviews for all of them depending yeah. on what they were launching. So mm. I did uh, Mel C. It was very nice. Professional. She seems very professional. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. what I would describe her um, as. Who else? Uh, Posh, I met in Brent Thomas. It was kind of an invite, invited morning of yeah. uh, Victoria Beckham's new line. Do you get um, any of her when you're talking to her? Or Yeah, she was, she was engaging. Okay. She was engaging and she smiled at me and we had, we had a chat as we got a photograph taken. Um, I would say she was a bit distracted right. um, by, by everything that was going on. And she had Harper with her, who was very young. So to be honest, I would have been distracted if Absolutely. I had one of my kids there with me too. Yeah. Um, but she was lovely. I couldn't say a bad word about her. Emma Bunton, on the other hand, I met her twice and once was over a lunch. So I suppose she had an unfair advantage over the others in right. that I got to chat to her properly. Yeah. But honestly, just like chatting to one of your mates. Warm, personable. Normal, yeah. normal. Just I mean, I think she's a she's a radio host over there, and I've I've listened yeah. to her show a few times, and you can just tell. But I think she's always been like that. Like it was, it seemed that fame didn't necessarily affect her at all. Like she got married a good while ago, and she's, yeah, she has a she's family. A Everything just kept going as, as as if she was just working in the corporate world. Exactly. But it, millions and millions of people know who she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to respect her. Like it's Heart she works for, isn't it? Heart. Yes. FM. Yeah. Um, she just maintained a normal job. Absolutely. You know, I know it's not a normal job to a lot of people, but you know, she went out to work yeah. every day, and um, now she's just been announced as the presenter for Dancing with the Stars in America. I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. And she's been on the judging panel of Dancing on Ice in the yes, UK, hasn't yes, she? Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just thought she was so sound. Yeah, and so lovely. And then the other column that you wrote as well was about taking a break away from. Oh, yeah. From your kids. The fact that holidays are great crack when you bring your kids. Yeah. Not. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was important to be honest. Mm. And listen, I'll continue to go on holidays with my children Absolutely. and I adore them. And I'm always afraid that people are going to give out to me for saying that. But I just thought it was important to write about how there are times on holidays where my husband and I look at each other and we laugh. And that's important too, to acknowledge it and course, have a laugh about yeah. it and go, not really much of a holiday now, is it? Yeah. Because there's no crash. There's no school. There's no there's no outlet where you can yeah. drop them and see them in a couple of hours and have a holiday yourself. So right. you're you're on and you're in kiddie, kiddie mode, mummy mode at all times. So these kind so. of columns like you're definitely going to be bringing honesty to them that's what you're you're trying to kind of and you said there that you'd be worried that people are going to be like oh but I mean do you think I think a lot of parents have to struggle with that or any parents that are working in the public eye I think 
struggle with that because yeah. you can't say anything negative or not even negative. You can't say anything truthful without then worrying that people are going to say. Do you know how lucky you are to oh have three healthy children? Does of she not like I her do. kids? Or of course I do. Like that, yeah. And you know you have to, as you say, get that perspective. There's probably one person in a hundred who'll say that. Yeah. Um, when the the column went up on on her family and I think it was up on her dot as well. Yeah, yeah. People chime in with, oh my god, and they'll tag their mates with yeah. like you know laughing emojis. That's so it. that's lovely to see that because mm. it's like, okay, I'm clearly not on my own. You know, people have the same thought on holidays. And I think the important thing about the column, Neve, is that maximum media as a, as a, as a whole let things happen organically. So, yeah. you know, years ago I would have done a column for a newspaper, for example, and they'd say, so the subject this week is taking your kids on holidays. And right. that kind of style of working doesn't work for me yeah. because it needs to be something that has happened in my life that week or that month and it's on my mind. It's kind of amusing almost. Absolutely. You know? I mean, how lots of writers, you, you need to know what you're going to write about in your own brain. As yeah, a, as because opposed then it to, means something. Exactly, as opposed to being told, well, you have to cover Here's this or you have to cover that. Which wouldn't work for me and actually wouldn't reflect the style of, of Joe or her or yeah, her family. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we're going to be expecting from you then. It's going to be very much like what happened to Anna and her family and that kind of stuff. That's yes. exciting. Yeah, off-the-cuff right. stuff. Off-the-cuff. And finally, I want to ask, just you've spoken about your, your family a little bit and um, what do the three boys think about mom being on the TV. It doesn't really register, if I'm honest. Really? No. Uh, and well, I, for God's sake, if you can't impress like your it. kids. No, I definitely can't impress my kids. <laughs> They're the last people I'm going to impress. Um, no, the the show isn't really on that much at home because if they're watching telly, they're watching something else. Yeah. Um, I, it's not really for them either, I suppose. Yeah. But also, I like the fact that they just feel mom goes to work and mom works at a television station. Okay. Um, and they did ask me before, you know, someone's friend said, your mum is famous. And I said, you know what your answer to that is? Your mum interviews famous people. Right, okay. And that sits better with me. So you don't, you don't consider yourself famous? I, I, just, I just don't want the kids to feel uncomfortable right, with yeah. it, you know? Mm. And the way my eldest boy, James, was asking me was kind of like, mom, this, you know? So I knew he felt it was a negative. Yeah. You know, so I just, said, I just brushed, brushed it off. We don't have any huge conversations about it. In the supermarket, he'll say, how did that woman know you? Wow, okay. So you it know. might be something that maybe down the road, you might have to kind of talk Explain to them a, a little bit, bit more. more about. Yeah. But right now, it's, I think, mum interviews famous people as a job. Yeah. You know, I, I always find it interesting because sometimes I've heard interviews with um, film stars who've spoken about, you know, the types of films that they're going to allow their kids to see. And it wouldn't be their own. And it wouldn't be their own. Yeah, or they yeah, wouldn't, yeah. they would obviously only show them the kids' movies that they were in and stuff. But with your job, you're being yourself. So you're not, you're not an actress. You're not pretending to be somebody no, else. So and I have nothing to hide. Yeah. Uh, so I just think they're more interested in... Uh, Power Rangers. Right. <laughs> now, if Mummy was a Power Ranger. Are, oh, well, then I'd have kudos. <laughs> then you'd be impressive. Well, Anna Daly, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for it's having me. It's been an me. absolute pleasure. And I'm so excited to read more from you on herfamily.ie. And uh, I just kind of gave myself away as being a fan. That was so I'll be watching you on the TV. Oh, well. you're very kind. Thank you. I'll have a full face of makeup next time. No, don't <laughs> worry. I'm so sorry we didn't provide you with hair and makeup. Maybe the next time you're in, we'll have someone. Although Darren's pretty good at the hair. Um, so thank you so much. That is all the time that we have for this week. So if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. I'm going to keep doing this until somebody tells me to stop. Like subscribe wherever it is that you subscribe. And if you're listening, as always, on all the SoundCloud apps, 
apps and iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe and sure, give us a little review and tell us what you think as be well. Be kind. Please be kind um, because we're knackered and we work really hard. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm Neve Mar and we will chat to you next week.